The Matt Wyatt Show podcast is made possible by Mississippi Land Bank. Buying or selling? Make sure you go there first. Online at mslandbank.com. That's Mississippi Land Bank, where they understand the lay of the land in North Mississippi. Let's get into it right now. The aforementioned defensive coordinator of Mississippi State, Zach Arnett. First-year defensive coordinator this past season. Heck of a job that defensive unit kind of kept them in some games early in the year where otherwise they wouldn't have been in them. And the offense really struggled. But we're consistent. A top-five defense this past year in the SEC. And the man at the charge of it, Zach Arnett, on your radio right now on the Divinity Equipment phone line. Coach, I really do appreciate some time here on a Tuesday when I know y'all are busy, signing day coming up. But hope all is well in Stark Vegas. Thanks for coming on. Yes, sir. All is good. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, So let me ask you this. Is there a big, huge difference? This is a loaded question, by the way. Big, huge difference living in Starkville versus San Diego, California? <laughs> uh, no, my time living's a lot better. I got a lot more, you know, land at my house, and uh, I, probably, I probably fit in with the people better. So yeah, for me, it's, it's phenomenal. That's great. Hey, I, I, this is going to be kind of a long way to kind of get into your head, but. Uh, this is just something that I observed recently. And I just want to get your thoughts on it. I was going back, I guess this happened about the time I was watching Georgia play in the Peach Bowl. They played Cincinnati. And since Cincinnati's defense goes out against Georgia and they're a 3 3 5, you know, primarily a three man front, it might look a little different. But they had a game plan and a game that looked so similar to your game against Georgia where you went out shut their run game down, and that outstanding quarterback on the other side just hit a few throws, and that was really the difference in a very close game. And I'm just curious, do you think that Cincinnati watched your film of your game against Georgia and said, we're going to do the same thing, and that's why we saw that in that bowl game for them? Oh, I don't know about that. Cincinnati played awfully good defense. I know, I know I'll be studying their films this offseason to see uh, – all the good things they do, but I, I imagine they watched it just from because you're going to scout yeah. every game of your opponent when you play in a bowl game, so you're going to watch every single one of their games, and I'm sure they saw some things that they, they have similar things in their in, in their defensive package, so yeah, uh, you know it would be easy for them to just to, to do a couple of those things, but at that time of the year, you know who your best players are, you know what you do well and maybe what you don't, and you tend to major in the in the things you do well, so I imagine. I imagine what you saw them do in that game, they were probably doing in a lot of other games leading up to it. Zach, how would you even frame up uh, the challenge that you faced this year with players uh, or the lack of – I'm just talking about numbers. You know, like, for instance, that I mentioned the Georgia game. That was one where you got right at 50 total players on the team and a bunch of guys out on defense. How do you even describe what that was like juggling personnel from week to week? To be honest with you, I think that's the best thing about working for Coach Leach is that, uh, you know, in the very first staff meeting ever working for him, he let us all know, you know, first of all, we're always 100% healthy no matter what, mm. right? I mean, we got we got players, we got just enough resources. You know, that's our job as coaches to put them out there in the best position to be successful and to find ways to be productive and win games. So uh, no, there's no excuses allowed in this program. So you don't – 
you don't spend your time thinking about all that stuff. You just go to work and figure out how you're going to give your, give your guys the best chance to be successful and, and be competitive and win. And so, uh, we, we, you know, we need to win more games. Yeah. The guys did a good job of preparing and, and playing hard this year. And typically if you, if you approach the game with that mentality and get yourself jacked up and ready to play every week, you're going, you're going to have success. Zach Arnett, defensive coordinator of Mississippi State, and he's on your radio right now on the Divinity phone line. So do fans, but particularly media like us too, do we make too big a deal about scheme? Like, you know, running a 3-3-5. You know, long before you ever even got to Starkville when you were hired, fans are looking up the 3-3-5 and talking about the 3-3-5 and trying to figure out what the heck it is. Do we make too big a deal out of scheme and not a big enough deal out of players and just personnel? What what do you, what do you think? Well, I'm of the opinion that there is not a scheme in the world that works without good players. Yeah. The players make the players make the scheme work. So, ideally as a coach, right, you try to tailor your scheme to the strengths of the personnel you have on the field. You know, I have a feeling that the version of the defense we ran this year will probably be a little different next year because we'll have different players, uh, you know, on our roster. Mm-hmm. We'll have to play to our strength. But but I think scheme can be credited with too much. You have to have enough scheme so that you're not predictable and the opposing offensive scheme just, you know, outclasses you. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, players are the ones who, who execute the scheme and make anything work. I mean... It ain't, it ain't the scheme that is making Emmanuel Forbes intercept passes and return them for touchdowns and making him a freshman All-American. That's that's the player. Sure. Well, and, and and you mentioned, you know, turnover and, you know, from year to year. I guess, too, Zach, this is going to be a brand-new experience for you coordinating this defense in 2021 because you're going to have a spring practice. I mean, right? Because you didn't have one last year. We did not. It'll be good. I mean, it Number one, it's just going to be good to get to be around the players that much more. And yeah. that's how you, you know, you develop guys, you identify guys who are going to, you know, hopefully help you win a bunch of ball games the next year. And it helps you build those, those personal relationships with the players. So you can coach them hard and yet they still understand that you care about them and, and you have their best interests at heart. Sure. I, I wanted to ask you kind of going back to the X's and O's part of it too. I, I'm just fascinated to hear people who are experts talk about it and how you mix and match, whether it be coverage. We'll have to find you someone else to talk to. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and you've already kind of set the table because you said, you know, the the Jimmys and the Joes are what make any scheme go. And we certainly understand that. But I'm curious, you know, you can watch a lot of football at any level and you'll obviously see where, you know, there are some coaches that they bring less pressure. They more want to bend, don't break, make sure we don't give up a home run. There are other cut like I watch you. I I watch your defense in that Georgia game, for instance, and it's you're playing on the other side of the line of scrimmage, playing man to man coverage a bunch, and just pressuring the heck out of you. Hold Georgia to eight yards rushing in the ball game. Um, is that strictly some coaches have a preference, or like why is it that some coaches live off pressure? on defense more than others? Oh, I'm sure there's a lot of things that go into it. Uh, obviously, it's again, it's players you have on your roster, What you, if you feel they can be successful in those matchups. 
Uh, you know, obviously every week we, we sit down as a defensive staff and discuss, all right, you know, how good are their skill players? How good does their quarterback throw versus man or, as opposed to zone? Is he better throwing, you know, when there's more droppers in zone coverage or is he, or does he throw better when they're blitzing him and it's man coverage? You know, you have to, you have to study all those things and, and play the percentages. But I think, you know, a lot of it obviously comes down to your philosophy too. Uh, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of good ways to play defense. Um, and you'll see it. You just look at the best teams in the country every year in defense, no matter what metric, scoring defense, yards given up, third down defense, whatever it is. Right, you're going to see different philosophies and approaches into how how best to play defense, and typically those those correspond to you know what your players do best. But you know, some people believe it's don't ever give up a big play, make them dink and dunk it all the way down the field, and yeah. if you don't give up big plays, the offense will typically make a mistake or get off schedule, and you get a chance to get a third down stop. Other teams want to be more aggressive and try to create more negative plays because if you can if you can create a negative play, that you get the offense off schedule, and it's obviously much harder to convert second and longs and third and longs. So uh, there's different philosophies. Obviously, a lot of times those play into what you are what you do on the other side of the ball also. So uh, there's a lot of good ways to play to play really good football on both sides of the ball, and, and you see that throughout college football. Sure. When you came in and got the job, you know, at Mississippi State going into last year, we can obviously look back at the results, and, and by and large, it was, it was um, outstanding. In, in a lot of ways, but certainly a lot of room for growth as well. What did you find? And I know you're a year into it, but when you dive into personnel and you started coaching them in, in preseason, in terms of the personnel on that roster, what did you find was there for you to coach? I think you find that there's, I mean, the, the pieces are there. Now, mm-hmm. obviously you gotta, you gotta coach them, you gotta develop them, but you know, I hope I hope there was a little bit of a chip on the shoulder of some of the guys on our defense last year. I hope they keep it because you know there's a lot of experts out there saying didn't have good enough players or didn't have pieces. Who's this guy? Who's that guy? There's no way they should be expected to be any good. I mean, we might as well just go down and lay down and let the opponent roll over us. And uh, I think there was a little bit of a chip on the shoulder of some guys that hey, you know what? I got recruited to play football here in the SEC, and I'm I'm good enough to I'm gonna go out and prove I'm good enough. And uh, I think some guys. Some guys developed and they they performed higher than expectations and hopefully the hopefully they understand that now the bar has been raised and, and the expectations have gotten higher so we got to work harder we got to put more time in in the weight room on the practice field and in the film room because now people expect us to you know to be pretty good on defense mm-hmm. and uh, we don't want to <laughs> lay an egg so <laughs> you know yeah. hopefully hopefully there's a little bit of pressure because if you're a competitor, you like that. You want to go out and prove prove you're good enough. Sure. You know, I, Coach, I'll be honest. I deserve a tongue lashing because I think I was probably one of those. And, I, and that at times said, you know, from a personnel standpoint, you're so young in certain spots going into the year, you know, they're going to have to score on offense. I did it. I, I'll just admit it. And I think what I was doing is probably looking at, like, corner, for instance. I, I knew Emerson – what he could do, but he's going to be a true sophomore, you know? And then you look at the other side and you're going freshman, freshman, new face. You know, I was looking at the secondary and how young and, and really across the board, you played so physical and tackled so well. It, it, do you think 
that going back to the beginning of last year, that you might have even, yeah, you make some mistakes. Like, you know, you blow a coverage against LSU that should be a touchdown, and and a guy, Jordan Davis, is hustling and hits a quarterback's arms and turns it into an interception. You you just basically overcame some early inexperience just by playing harder than people? Well, I, I do. I am of the belief that that the effort and the physicality you play with is the number one fundamental good defense. I, I happen to believe that you can't be good on defense, which, by the way, we're by no means are we good. We have mm. a long way to go. Mm. But – you can't be you don't even have a chance to be good on defense nowadays if you don't play with fanatical effort. And so we have, and we have to get better at that, but um you have to be supremely talented with the way the game is today, how their offenses are spreading you out, the way the rules are you have to be supremely talented to order to just line up and be flat out better than the guys across from for the most part there's parity across college football. Everyone's capable. Everyone has good players. Everyone has athletes. You're spread from sideline to sideline. If you do not play with fanatical effort and run to the ball and do all those things, play true team defense, you're not going to be very good on defense. So we have a long way to go uh, in order in creating that and getting and living up to that expectation every day. But uh, I think we're off to an okay start. Sure. Well, and, you know, looking back, I just think that play – by Jordan Davis in that LSU game. You know, he's getting held by an offensive lineman. He's pushing through. He won't stop. He won't use getting held as an excuse. Barely gets a hand on the elbow of the QB, and it turns into a pick for the corner who they had had an issue, like a bust back there. I, I thought, you know what, yeah. you circle that play, and you could show this. This is why I'm asking you to play as hard as you can even if you don't feel like the play's coming to you, this is why. I thought that was a great example. No, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. You can bet that that clip will be shown in in a defensive meeting, you know, in install meetings leading up to spring ball. And uh, you can bet, I've told Jordan, I expect about 10 more of those in his career. You know, <laughs> save, save us on a busted coverage, and somehow a touchdown turns into an interception. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought the same. When I was watching it, too, I thought, you know, they gave the touchdown – chain or the necklace to the guy who caught the ball but they need to take it down there to, to Jordan let him wear it you know because he made the I thought they gave the reward to the wrong guy but anyway it, it still is a, like stolen a power play you know the guy who takes up two blocks the linebacker gets scraped to make the tackle but it was the the D end in front of him who took up two blockers that's it that's exactly right you know there's so much hidden in there and you guys know what that is well it's, it's neat to get a chance to talk to you, and it always goes by quickly, and hopefully we can do it again soon. But um, it's really been my pleasure, and I hope we can talk some X's and O's down the road. We get into spring ball and see you on the practice field. Coach, thank you so much. No, I really appreciate it. You keep telling everyone, right? we got no players. we got an idiot coach who doesn't know RPO from play action, and we run a gimmick defense. Keep everyone's expectations <laughs> down. So. I will certainly do it. Yeah, they're really going to have to overachieve to stop anybody this year. Okay, I'll, there you I'll, go. I'll make sure I keep that up. Thanks, Zach. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's Zach Arnett, defensive coordinator, Mississippi State. I'll be honest with you, I did it. I got on this show. I said they're so young in the secondary, they're thin. They're going to have a hard time stopping people. They got to score points, and it turns out they're. Their defense was the most consistent part of their team all year long. So I was wrong. I was wrong. Hour two rolling along in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau studio. Y'all stick around.